Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 26 of the Ringside Rundown podcast brought to you by TWM.news and the WrestlingChronicle.com. My name is Eric Vasquez. I represent the WrestlingChronicle.com. Joining me on the line is my podcasting partner in crime. Yes, that rhymes on purpose. She is Shay Hickson. Shay, what's going on? Uh, that'll never get old, honestly. Never, never. It's so good, but no, doing good. I'm doing good. Can't complain. Um, How was your Thanksgiving? Wasn't bad. We parents and I actually went out to a fancy restaurant to eat. We didn't. That's like our tradition now is not cooking for Thanksgiving because right. we always just cook for Christmas. So I can't complain. It was good. Um, nice, nice. Hoping the Steelers don't disappoint me tomorrow. But I don't know. I'll never get over that tie. <laughs> I won't either. But <laughs> I'm not surprised. I mean, the Penguins won last night. They're playing tonight, so that's more important, I guess, to me. But. <laughs> But no, we have some wrestling to talk about. Yes, we do. We have a lot of wrestling to talk about. I mean, everything from a stolen egg to a, a great segment between MJF and CM Punk. Uh, Brian Danielson is out here knocking people's teeth out of their mm. mouth. Uh, Brock Lesnar's coming back. And we also have War Games coming up. But we'll get to all of that in order. Uh, we're just going to go through a little bit. Last week, we uh, on Sunday, was Survivor Series. Now, what'd you think about Survivor Series overall before I get into the poll? Um, I I feel like you'll probably agree with me on this. The first match, Becky and Charlotte, was great. Absolutely mm. fantastic. The match with Biggie and Roman, great, fantastic. The rest of it, I uh, I don't really remember. Yeah. I, I'm pretty, I don't. It, it's a blur. <laughs> it's it really just, a blur. It just happened. Yeah, you know, it felt like they punted this pay-per-view. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was just. Which is crazy because it was in the <sighs> Barclays Center in Brooklyn and they always make a big deal about being in the in the Barclays Center. And, yeah. you know, it's always a big show. We always got to treat it like it's like, you know, the WrestleMania of Thanksgiving. You know, we have to yep. have a block of shows. But this really felt like they just punted the show outside yeah. of the first match of the evening. It was so weird because. Survivor Series has always been about brand supremacy this, brand supremacy that. It really felt like they really didn't care about the brand supremacy this year at all. It it's just weird. It was it's... yeah, like even the even the Survivor Series matches were just odd. Yeah. I mean, I think specifically the women's match. I get why they did it because they needed to build Bianca back up after having her lose like 20 title matches. Yeah. Oh, they just made the SmackDown women look so dumb. It just, you, it, you throw can't. a mutiny against Sasha Banks. You have her purposely counted out. Mm -hmm. You are three on one. Bianca is the only person left for raw and you blow the lead and you lose. <laughs> you lose. Like I, I'm not going to even lie. I'm going to, I'm always, I always try to be as honest and transparent as I can here. I was watching the show. It was very hard for me, first off, because you had Sunday Night Football with the Steelers on at the same time. So I was had Survivor Series on my laptop, headphones on, the TV in the background. So I'm trying to watch 10 different things at once, it felt like. Yeah. And for that match, as soon as Shayna got eliminated, I just stopped watching. I said, all right, that's all you I needed. tuned out. I was over it because I'm like, all right. I said, Bianca's going to win. Like Once Natty got... Well, once Natty was eliminated, I'm like, okay, fine. They have to, like, I guess not make it obvious. And then Shayna got eliminated. So I'm like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I've, I've had enough. And then Steelers completely just were trash, too. So you didn't have a good Sunday night, basically. 
I really didn't. I mean, but aside from Becky and Charlotte, especially that match was it. I think it is safe to say it lived up to the hype they were building yeah. around it because boy, did they build the hype around that match. Which is surprising why I'm so surprised it went on first. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. would figure it would be like, you know, the most anticipated match. Um, well, let's put it on closer to the ending. Maybe not before Biggie and Roman Reigns, but definitely leading up to that, that would have been a great uh, little, you know, one-two punch right there for the main event. But yeah, for some reason, and another thing too that I was surprised um, was Damian Priest and Shinsuke Nakamura being yes. on the kickoff show. I, I felt, don't get that. Yeah, I felt like, I mean, maybe the match, the match was okay. It wasn't yeah. anything memorable outside of the ending where Damian Priest snaps the guitar in half and then just goes on a on a rampage, no pun intended. Um but <laughs> maybe intended, but <laughs> yeah. but after like basically outside of that, it was just a decent match, but I was surprised it was on the kickoff show. Yeah. Um, Especially with um what other match was I thinking of? Oh, the Battle Royal. You mean to tell me you kept the Battle Royal on the main card and you couldn't give Damien and Shinsuke main card time? Like and not only that, what what was the main what was the Battle Royal for? Pizza. <laughs> that was literally what it was for. It felt like it was just pizza. A <laughs> uh, pizza party. Like it made me just laugh at the fact that they made such a big deal about the raw oh, this is the rocks like 25th anniversary of debuting at survivor series or something or i don't remember mm-hmm. he wasn't even there he wasn't there <laughs> you made such a big deal about it and you didn't even get him to show up i can't i would put money on the fact that i bet that the rock didn't even watch the show oh probably not <laughs> he probably checked he probably did what most of us did and checked his phone for like updates right on he's or like why am like, i getting yeah. this influx of wrestling mentions oh it's oh. a pay-per-view oh it's survivor series oh you know? survivor series is today oh my bad whoop-de-doo you know yeah, like it, oh god it was just like at least with the undertaker they had the undertaker show up yeah, I mean, in weird circumstances because of the pandemic, but still, yeah, at like, least even yeah. via satellite would have been anything, anything, anything to make this worthwhile. But it didn't yeah. feel like it um, because you think they'd learn their lesson of every time, especially these like bigger, more notorious crowds like Brooklyn or Chicago mm-hmm. get like bored or antsy. Yeah, they start to get a little obnoxious, and oh boy, did they get obnoxious! Yeah, they here. did. Uh, Brooklyn, I've, Brooklyn oh. was uh, especially with what happened on Raw, which we'll talk about a little later. Hmm. Um, yeah, they were just unhinged. I'm not surprised. I'm literally not surprised because it feels like the Brooklyn and Chicago crowds for WWE more than AEW always have to do something stupid <laughs> because they just think they're I don't know that if you ever have to get the chant like "We are awesome" going. You yeah. when you make the show about you instead of what's happening, yeah. I I understand that it was it was not your cup of tea if you were a fan sitting there live. But the strongest message is to be in Brooklyn and not react to anything if it's not your cup of tea. Perfect example, like my the best example I can give you is how many years ago was this? I feel like I try to block this out of my collective memory because it was just bad. I went with my mom to what show would that have been i think it was extreme rules 2017 mm-hmm. 18 in pittsburgh 
Okay. So that was, if I remember correctly, the main event was Ziggler and Rollins in the Iron Man match. Ah. So, and they were just over the show after, I think, like, Roman beat Bobby Lashley in a street fight or something. And the crowd was just over it. And (laughs) so when they were doing the countdown clock, every single time it got to 10... They started acting like it was the Royal Rumble and oh, I remember that, yeah. So much to the point they had to turn the clock off. Yeah, yes. it was that was the Pittsburgh crowd, unfortunately. And, I remember um, that. And then you wonder why we haven't had a pay per view there since. <laughs> I can remember, but it was just like, why? Don't make it about you, seriously. Like I, I can say confidently, Mom and I didn't do any of that because, like, what was the point? We thought it was dumb. But once you can't fully blame the crowd, I guess, because if your crowd has to get to the point of they want to try and make it all about them, the product in the ring's not good. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of damning on WWE and it continues to happen and it doesn't change. So I guess we're not surprised, but it doesn't make it any less annoying. I feel like they're just at this point, they're just oblivious. Oh, they yeah. don't they don't they don't get it like they don't yeah. get that. It is it the product hasn't been good no. or worth watching in a very, very long time. I, I watch it specifically to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. If, if, if 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 I didn't have this podcast, I would probably I DVR everything just in case I fall asleep. Yeah, <laughs> but, that's usually that's usually what I end up doing. It's uh yeah. It's well and it's tough now because with my work, I'm up so early that mm-hmm. I um It's very hard for me to justify staying up that late or, I mean, I do stay up that late. It's just, I have no motivation to try and watch some of this stuff. Right. Yeah. And that's because it's just so painful to watch. And, and WWE has to realize that that falls on their responsibility. Why, how can we get people to stay watching this show all the way to 11 o'clock at night on a Monday? And the thing is too, Okay, it's a PG-rated show, but what kid do you know on a Monday on a school night is, is up to 11 p.m. watching wrestling? Yeah, my I mean, my, my mom didn't. My mom me, but <laughs> I mean, but some some but yeah. kid, yes, but, but for the most part, like I no. wasn't I wasn't allowed to be up that late watching wrestling. No. So what she do at that time? This was years years ago. She brought me a VCR and a bunch of blank tapes. Mm-hmm. So, so whenever Raw was on. This was before DVR, you know. Yeah. I I tape raw and tape watch the show, raw. yeah. Yep. And but but again, it, I feel like that falls on the responsibility of we have to model our product this way creatively to keep people saying, okay, it's late, but man, this is so good, you know. Yeah, and it's such a shame because, like we started off saying, and I guess this is a good segue into it, that opening match with Becky and Charlotte. That could have set the tone for the entire show, and it basically did. They just completely dropped the ball (laughs) afterward because you knew this match was going to be hard-hitting. It wasn't going to be a wrestling match. It was going to be a fight Mm. because Mm. we all know these two cannot stand each other. In real life, they can't stand each other. And WWE does love using personal stuff against them, each other, in these kind of storylines. So Mm -hmm. you knew it was going to get a little real. And, oh, my God, you had, they were actually slapping each other, actually punching each other. You had them swearing at each other, using each other's, like, you could tell 
because WWE doesn't have this in their like wrestling match format that often. When you have both competitors using their own finishing moves against each other. Yeah. Like Becky had the figure eight and Charlotte had the disarmor. I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if that's how it would have ended because that's just, that would have been the icing on the cake for this feud. But I, on the other hand, because I know a lot of people didn't like this ending. I love the ending because it showed that Becky can beat Charlotte at her own game. Right. I thought the ending was really creative, and so did our friend Mike Simpson on Twitter. He said the match was fantastic, so physical, stiff, aggressive, even thought the ending was creative, and and it was, a, like you said earlier, it was a good tone setter. The one thing I will note that I, when I rewatched this match again to take notes, Charlotte didn't do a lot of selling for Becky. No. I, she, I, I noticed that, too, and I was kind of worried about that. But... Right. Somehow it didn't hamper it, though. Yeah, it didn't hinder the match, but it was just interesting to watch because I was watching. I'm like, she's not really selling. So I'm like purposely focused on the fact I'm watching how many shots Becky gets in. And it seemed like Charlotte was always on ready for a counter. She was ready for a counter. And I mean, again, I felt like this was to be expected when it came to these two women. They don't like each other in real life. They were once good friends. Uh, things fell apart. I feel like Charlotte, the stuff that they say about Charlotte, that she's difficult to work with, uh, you know, has sort of an ego, has nothing to do with her gender as she thinks. No. I think she 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 thinks it has something to do with her gender because no. she says that if it was a man that would talk the way that she talks, they would be praised for having big balls and, yeah. and believing in themselves. And uh, and Becky retorts, "Who talks like that? Like who yeah. talks?" Like that? And I, but I don't feel it has anything to do with her gender no. or anything. I just think that she believes that she is the end all be all, and she is the best. And I no. felt, I, I felt like I feel like WWE has some blame to do with that. Yeah, because well, that's. I mean, let's think about it. She's a. What's the actual number? Because they tend to forget about the NXT. I think like she's a 13, 14 time champion. Yeah, something like that. And the problem was... They don't count the Divas titles, do they? uh, I feel like they did. I don't think they counted the NXT for some reason. Mm. Which I don't understand. But anyway, it's... We've said it time and time again on this show. I think that was kind of a reason why I ended up souring on Charlotte is... It wasn't the fact that she was winning the championships. It was the frequency she was winning them because Mm -hmm. nothing felt special. Yeah. Yep. It literally didn't. It was literally, it just made it seem like, all right, they're just trying to pat her stat sheet or whatever, basically. And it, after a while, people are going to kind of get sick of that. Even the most diehard. I mean, there's obviously some that stick fire no matter what, but there's some like casual fans that are like, okay, I don't know why she has to continuously win the titles and her reigns are not that long not that long not that important no you know i mean i feel like the way to make it important is have her take on different people as many times as possible don't just feed her the same person luckily this is survivor series so we don't have to get a rematch between becky and charlotte that could sour the good that they did at survivor series yeah and because by by wwe's mo they would have marched this out, you know, this was the best thing on Survivor Series, so they would have marched it out, had a rematch on Raw. They yeah. would have had a, another pay-per-view match, and 
you you know they just milk the cow dry with this sort of thing yeah and i hate that be and it sucks because people were already kind of souring on this feud to begin with because mm-hmm. we had seen it so many times but Yes, I was tired of seeing it as well, but I knew they were going to deliver and they actually did. Like, you knew they were going to. They're, like I had said on the last episode, their last woman standing match at uh, Evolution is one of my, like, favorite matches in recent times. Mm -hmm. And this match here, I think it's safe to say, was easily one of the best, like, WWE matches of the year. Mm -hmm. Just because of the real, like... I mean, hell, I guess you could even lump just one of the best wrestling matches because it was just, I like when they are able to strike that balance of wrestling and real. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was real. That was, yeah. that was very real. It, hopefully it's a lesson to utilize the, the, the media, the way that they utilize the media for yeah. this feud. Because they did a great job of, you know, Becky was on the MMA Hour on YouTube. Uh, Charlotte was doing interviews with BT Sport. But they weren't afraid to go after either woman with the hard-hitting questions. Like, what do you honestly think about Charlotte? What do you honestly think about Becky? And they weren't afraid to hold back, you know? And this is a lesson. This is one way to get people interested in this stuff. You have to, like you say, you have to blur the line between wrestling and reality. Yeah, exactly. Especially going into 2022, it's time to figure out a new game plan. There has to be a new motive of operation here. Yes. It can't just be the same tired anecdotes and tropes that they constantly use in WWE, but they see things that work. That's the thing. They look at this and they say, okay, utilizing the media, figuring out a way to make this a little bit of real life makes this work. Yeah. It's, it's it's all on their creative. It's all on their creative. Yeah, and I think because we've talked about it before, where it's almost like if they if you even convince them to try something new, they have the creative plans on such a short leash mm-hmm. that if one tiny millimeter of something is out of place, they immediately just yank it. Like I think the biggest example I had was uh, Rhea Ripley. You had her as women's champion and could have made her the new face of the Raw Women's Division. Mm-hmm. How long did her reign last? Nothing memorable. Exactly, because we were too busy, because Charlotte had to be in the picture, because we can't help ourselves. You go back to old reliable time and time again, and yeah, it works for a little bit, but it's not going to always work because people are going to get sick and tired of it. Definitely, definitely. Why do you think AEW fans right now are getting real sick and tired of Cody Rhodes? That's their version of old reliable. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're going to have Cody come out and pump the crowd up and cut the passionate WWE sucks. We're better promo or we're (laughs) going to have him do the heroic. Oh, my legs falling off, but I'm still going to play or wrestle in the match either way. So it's like you get sick and tired of it. Like Mm. give us something new, but they're not going to, we know they're not. (laughs) I'd love for them to prove me wrong, but they're not going to i don't think so but why don't we get into these polls really quickly uh like we said on the kickoff show they had damian priest take on shinsuke nakamura uh it was a good match Uh, the ending was a little convoluted uh you know and i'm wondering where they're going with damian priest at least the the saving graces that they have they they see something in damian priest or else he wouldn't be in this position which sucks because 
they had something in Damien to begin with. They didn't have to change anything about him. That's what I, that's what you and I, we just don't understand. Yeah, I don't, I didn't see anything wrong with him, but no. apparently like when is, but you, you can tell there was nothing wrong with him, but once they started tweaking him and doing these different things with him, it's because they had their eye on him and they want, yeah. I feel like they have big things planned for him, hopefully, because he's a wonderful talent on the roster. He actually adds yeah. a little bit, but this sort of freaking out and then getting myself disqualified, it doesn't get people invested. But yeah. as as far as the match, it was a pretty good match. Like I said, nothing too memorable. 47.4% gave it three flame emojis yeah. for this match. I, I'd say that. it It's just a shame because sometimes <laughs> WWE is like the poster child for if any broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. they love fixing things that are broke and Damien, <laughs> like i said damien wasn't broke to begin with he was already he was getting even more popular before all of this whatever this is started like dr jekyll and mr hyde i guess yeah that's a good way to put it so it's like i don't know why we had to do the it, how many times have we said that in god knows how long where it's like, <laughs> i don't know why they did it but they did it so it's a shame we both picked damien because we're like okay well if you're gonna continue this whatever character he is have him pick up a win against somebody like shinsuke but no we can't do that <laughs> we have to always make it more convoluted yes uh next up charlotte and becky have an excellent match with becky outsmarting charlotte for the win asked you guys what you thought and you guys gave it 79 percent for four flame emojis uh this was the match that everybody wanted to see and i felt like this match delivered uh and we basically talked about it till we were blue in the face <laughs> um yeah next yeah i was, i would think i think it's easy to say it was the match of the night at least for me definitely definitely it was the match of the night next up we had the men's survivor series team uh match elimination match with team raw taking on team smackdown and team raw gets the win with this one with seth rollins being the sole survivor from team raw pinning jeff hardy after a curb stomp asked you guys what you thought of this one 52 percent gave it four flame emojis with Two and one flame giving it 21% tied. So mm-hmm. it was kind of, it, it didn't fall on the spectrum of easily figured out. Like half <laughs> yeah. liked it and half didn't like it, you know? Yeah, it was it was a weird one. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't have Jeff win because of how just insanely popular he is. And if they are actually going to have him go after Roman Reigns in the Universal title, wouldn't you want to build him up a little more? That's actually what Mike uh, said on Twitter. He said the only gripe was with all the cheering Hardy had, wish he would have gotten a win. So that would have been a good story to build up Jeff Hardy. Like I said, that's the one good thing that they're doing for Roman Reigns' title reign. Is there every every time, you know, they're feeding him somebody new every time. So he's running through the entire roster. The downside is he's going to run through that roster and there's (laughs) not going to be anybody left. Yeah, exactly. But for the time being... He's running through the roster, a different challenger at every time. Like I've been saying, it was cool to see him go after his cousin. Then he had Cesaro got a chance. Then Finn Balor got a chance. So there's different, definitely been a, a mix of different guys in there. But, you know, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, Randy Orton hits a sick RKO to pick up the win against the Usos uh, tag team 
champion versus tag team championship match. I was surprised. I thought the Usos were going to pick up the win in this one, but yeah, I guess we, we didn't do so well in the predictions again. No, unfortunately, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. It was bad. It's, it's fair to say we didn't do so good on the predictions, but Yikes. you guys didn't. You guys enjoyed this match. Fifty-six point five percent gave it four flame emojis. Twenty-six point one gave it three flame. So, you know, it was an enjoyable match. And then anytime RKO comes out of nowhere where he hits it, coming off the top rope or something so like good. that, it's always everybody goes crazy for it. So you can't help it. Uh, as you said earlier, Bianca B- Belair was a sole survivor from Team Raw. Uh, asked you guys what you thought of the match. Didn't like it. 62.5% gave it one flame emoji. <sighs> I would have... Mm. I would have given it at least a two. That's because we're not harsh critics. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, granted, yes, I literally just said like 20 minutes ago that I stopped watching it after Shane got <laughs> pinned or eliminated, but it wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't just like, I at least was paying enough attention up until that point of, okay, well, all right, how's this going to, I honest, cause I honestly thought SmackDown was going to pull it out because we said, okay, well, Raw seems more put together than SmackDown is. So, you know, at some point something might just happen, but then you had them coming out like together as like United team. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, maybe they got their shit together after all. And then it was a matter of, okay, when are they going to fuck it up? (laughs) And they did. And uh, yeah, once, once, uh, once they led that mutiny against uh, Sasha Banks and they didn't want her to, to compete, I was like, this, this makes no sense. It makes them look stupid, but also I know this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna sound silly, but it does to somewhat of a degree make sense because now Sasha has built in storylines with all three of them. That's true. That's I mean, granted, she already had the storyline with Shotzi, and mm-hmm. Natty's kind of there, but she has a problem with Shayna now. You cost us the match. I could have helped. I don't care. I didn't want you in the match anyway, or whatever. And there you go. And that's how you start a new feud with them. Yeah, there you go. Uh, almost wins a battle royal, but. I don't know what the battle royal was for. <laughs> it wasn't party. It wasn't for like a title shot or anything like that. It felt like, yeah, no. that's a good way to put it. Like when you do so good in the office, you know, the way your boss, you know, rewards you back is to give you a pizza party. That's yeah. kind of like what this, this battle royal felt like. I mean, even the battle royal on SmackDown was more important than this battle royal. And this was on Survivor Series. Yeah, basically like. So I don't remember they I thought I was be- going crazy because I thought they were mentioning something about like pizza during the, sh- the battle royal I'm like what is, what is they, even going they, on? They, 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 they've been they've been it's product placement and someone yeah. had mentioned that um I wonder if they mentioned that during the because I didn't put a poll up for the battle royal because I really oh didn't yeah yeah know. my friend I, I remember he had said uh he was like yeah this is a little too much and it is yeah like, there's a way to do it subtly not blatantly Sla- obvious yeah like slap you in the face you have like there's pizza hut on the like right by the announce table the entire time and then you have you know the street profits come out with pizza and yeah. then you have it, it was just it was just a product placement mess just like that uh that zombie the zombie advertisement from the thunderdome era for oh. that movie like that was a uh... Yeah. Oh like, my god. It's like guys, there's ways to do it, and I don't know why they feel the need to do it in the most obnoxious way possible. It's like for they the, almost get a kick out of it. But for the, for the kids, for the kids. Yeah, the kids. Yeah, <laughs> the kids are caring about pizza at 
10.30 at night. <laughs> and then uh, the main event, uh, Roman Reigns is able to defeat Big E after a spear. I thought this was kind of creative. They were using an injury to Big E's knee um, yeah. to, to kind of set up for the ending because we have to figure, we can't, we can't cheapen one champion by getting him beat by another champion. Like there has there at least they use their creative brains for this one. Like they figured yeah. out a way to say, well, Roman went after the knee of Big E and the knee was compromised, so he couldn't hit the big ending. And you know, he was able to get the spear off. This match was actually pretty good. You guys enjoyed it. 42.9% gave it four flame emojis, but 25.7 gave it one flame. So I I, yeah. I feel like people were expecting more because there wasn't. I think really they wanted Biggie to win. I think that's I think that's what it was because we even predicted Biggie to win because we said because, he needed it, but but we came up with the creative way to make him win. Yeah, you, and you the, understand? Like yeah. like it was it was our way of predicting him to win because he's been embroiled in this feud with the New Day yeah. and the Bloodline. We came up with a creative way to make him win where nobody gets hurt in the process. And, and it didn't do it. And they didn't do it, but, obviously, because we don't work there. But there is a but. It did. The way they did it still worked, though. It didn't make Biggie look terrible by losing. Right, right. he has a reason. I didn't. Wasn't 100%. I mean, obviously, I don't think. I mean, I feel like he cut maybe like a Bianca Belair promo and be like, I'm not going to make any excuses for it. I just got beat. Mm-hmm. which is good because then it has people love him even more he doesn't make any excuses that's why people like bianca so i wasn't mad at the fact he lost because they at least gave me a reasonable way or reason why he lost that's true that's very very true and at, at least it, it, it just shows you if they put 10 percent effort into something <laughs> creative they can actually make something or it's oh. either it's either they put 10 percent creative or we're at the point where we'll just take anything at this point. If they use more than one of their two brain cells, maybe, it, just it, maybe it works. It feels like, it kind of feels like we're just so thirsty for some creative WWE product yeah. that we'll take the minimal effort. Fair minimum. Yeah, yeah, we'll take the minimum just to give us something creative. And they can do Sad. it when it, it, they do it when it, it's a big match like Charlotte and Becky mm-hmm. or Big E versus Roman. But everything else, every other part of the sandwich is just trash. Yeah. You know, the the bread's good. The bread that holds everything <laughs> together is good. Though. It's the it's the what you put in the sandwich that yeah. is just not good. No. <laughs> that you was know? literally how it felt. It was like two ends of a shitty sandwich. Yeah. Literally <laughs> <laughs> two ends of a shitty sandwich. That's the best way to to describe Survivor series. <laughs> you know, two ends of a shitty sandwich. Ugh. Oh, what a man. shame. Yeah, what a shame because... But what else is new? Yeah, and, and, and it doesn't get any better. It <laughs> nope. doesn't get any better because we head into uh, Monday Night Raw. And Vince McMahon showed up at Survivor Series with this golden egg. Apparently, it was given to him by The Rock. And the, the egg, it's an actual egg, and it cost $100 million. And sure. this was given to Vince McMahon. He brought it to Raw and of course, the thing goes missing. No, this no, doesn't yeah. sound. This doesn't sound like an '80s storyline from WWE at <laughs> all. I don't even think this was like an '80s storyline. This was just stupid. Yeah, like this turned WWE. This turned Raw into like a, a like a like a like a TV like a TV show. A terrible soap opera. Kinda, yeah. And it comes to find out that Austin Theory 
was the one that stole the egg because he wanted to take a selfie with it. He actually gets rewarded for stealing the egg and he gets a championship match against Big E later tonight. Um, that was that was the main event, but we'll get to that later. Uh, also happening on Raw, Queen Zelina and Carmella are the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions defeating Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley, who had a long reign, just... You don't remember it. You don't remember it, because it mean, wasn't... It, it's tough, because... Let's be honest, these two were the only people I could have thought that were going to win the titles, because, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, there's nobody else around. And yeah, it sucks that Rhea lost because obviously I love Rhea, but I think this is actually a good thing because maybe now she could actually, oh, I don't know, be the single star she can be. I think so. And I think free. Yeah, I think that's what's actually going to happen is that she's going to let they're going to let her do a singles thing. It it's it's for me as an adult. I'm a little worried about Nikki A.S.H. because I don't get the whole superhero thing, but maybe the superhero thing works. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the superhero thing works for the kids. Maybe oh, we should ask our kids. Yeah. I mean, you have to put that in the back of your brain. Uh, that, as hard uh, as it is to do yeah, that. It is. It, it, that we, we have to realize that this is a PG product and that it's not really geared towards us. Maybe Badly. that's why we like AEW a-, a little bit more. They're a little bit more geared to our wrestling fandom. Probably. It makes you know? sense. But that doesn't necessarily leave uh, WWE in the clear. They can be more creative. So they oh, have yeah. to figure out a way to be creative with Rhea Ripley. I mean, maybe turning her heel? I don't know. Because she could do it. I mean, clearly that's what got her to be a star in the first place was her being a heel in NXT UK. So. Yeah, maybe have her you know, team with Nikki A.S.H., even though they're not the tag team champions, and then she turns on Nikki A.S.H. Mid- mid-match, yeah. and that sets up a feud between Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. As long well, as Rhea comes out of that one, the winner. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you would hope, you know. Because, come she- on, there's no, I mean, okay. I get that we literally just talked about kids, and you have to keep the kids thing in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. There is no goddamn way Nikki <laughs> A.S.H. should beat Rhea Ripley in a feud. Uh, if it were to happen. No yeah, way. I, but the it's it's just simple, simple math really, if you think about it. Process of elimination, or what can we do that's sort of creative that sets up steps? You know, we go well, from they, point A to point B to point C. Yeah, but we know they don't do that. Just look at all the releases. They don't know what planning is and wouldn't know what planning is if it hit him in the face. Yeah, that's so, the... good luck. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, next up, we have Seth Rollins beats down Finn Balor. Maybe, hopefully, there you go. Another hopeful setup for a feud. But yeah. the real feud is Seth Rollins versus the fans of the Brooklyn Barclays Center. Yeah. That, yeah. that is just... The situation that happened where a fan jumps the barricade and attacks any performer is just not a good idea. You're setting yourself up for a night in jail, which I don't understand why anybody would want that on purpose, you know? Like, so obviously the only thing we can really say is don't be stupid. This is all, this is all make pretend the, the person that attacked uh, Seth Rollins obviously has some mental issues where he thinks that this is all real 
and these yeah. are real blood feuds and things like that. But it's not, ladies and gentlemen. It, yeah. This is like this is like letting you know that Santa Claus isn't real. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we just ruined Christmas. We just ruined Christmas for any of our young viewers. But sorry. Sorry. All right. Wrestling is not real. These feuds are not real. Maybe Charlotte and Becky is a little real. Yeah, that, that's a little real. But I think the problem is, too, is that I think they said that he believed that he was actually talking to Seth and that Seth, like, scammed him out of hundreds of dollars or that something. That was another thing that I saw. Yeah, that... But, people use your brain cells all wwe persons have a verified check mark next to their profiles yeah and they wouldn't ask a fan for money that's not how that works no especially seth rollins he's got money out the ass yeah i was gonna say he doesn't need money he doesn't need money no use your brain cells people <sighs> it's always brooklyn too why is it always brooklyn that this <laughs> crazy shit happens as as a Bronx native, I love that you said that. <laughs> like it seems like every other show in Brooklyn, something happens. Something always. It's just weird, man. Is it something in the water over there? I don't know. I think so. Maybe they need to get away from Brooklyn a little bit. <laughs> Maybe please. go. I would love to see them rekindle their relationship with Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that would be nice. Where. Madison Square Garden, they had the SmackDown, which was great. I love to see a pay-per-view in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I feel like that crowd is thirsty for one. I just, you know, they saw Barclays as the shiny new toy, so they Mm. needed to get in there, which is okay. You can still use the Barclays if Brooklyn fans can get their shit together. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's the problem. (laughs) But I would love to see a show go back to uh, MSG, but we don't know if that's going to happen. Another yeah. thing I'm confused about is the WWE title picture. I'm glad that Big E's the champion, but who's his next challenger? Is it going to be Seth Rollins? Is it going to be Kevin Owens? What's going on there? Could be both. With Could the way they both. go, they love their multi-man matches. So yeah, yeah, That's true. That's true. I just don't understand. Like, You can't tell if, if Kevin Owens has gone full-fledged heel. Yeah. Yeah. Seth Rollins is just there in the background kind of being a little bit of a menace. And then you look at the main event of Raw when Big E was taking on Austin Theory. uh, There was a little bit of a back and forth between Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. And that's kind of what cost Austin Theory the matches because Rollins got rolled into the ring, distracted Mm. the referee. Then he turned into a big ending. This is all just a convoluted mess. It's almost like I feel like Kevin's characters like the disgruntled worker Mm. because if i remember correctly when he walked out on the survivor series team he's just like well you guys thought i was gonna do this you thought i was gonna abandon you and walk out well here you go i proved you right and it's like all right yeah it's a little odd but that was definitely the first odd thing in the match but it does to a degree i mean the walking out part was kind of weird but i guess like him turning into this kind of made sense because good lord has he been in some really shitty storylines lately (laughs) like happy corbin and all that stuff i don't blame him and again i love how they expect us to boo him Mm. when we're all just like you know what you got a point it's literally like becky and charlotte all over again we're supposed to cheer for charlotte back in 2018 Mm. 2017 but yeah no that's not gonna work i wonder if Owens' contract is up in a few months. It's up in a few months. Mm -hmm. 
and I don't know if he's truly been hinting that he's leaving or anything, but if he does decide to leave, I don't blame him. And it's yeah. not because, oh, he's going to AEW where he'll, where he'll be so much better. Yes, that's kind of the point, but you realize that WWE have this talent in their hands and Never they're the one to do with it. They, they're the ones screwing it up. Yeah, and I guarantee you that I wouldn't be surprised or wouldn't put it past WWE to just make his life a living hell if he know if they know he's leaving. Yeah, because I would. They can deny it all they want. WWE's petty. No, oh, for sure. So I wouldn't doubt it. And honestly, but is as, as cliched as it sounds, him going to AEW would make sense. I mean, the Mount his, Mount Rushmore of wrestling's there. Yeah, his friends wrestle there. He's gonna have creative freedom to be more of himself. He's not gonna have any shackles. He doesn't have to worry about doing these stupid storylines with like mm-hmm. Happy Corbin or just getting thrown in there. I feel like he's thrown into this main event picture to appease him to maybe say, "Hey, stick around. Yeah, you know, no. we'll make we'll make you champion. Just stick around, ride with us for a little bit." Yeah. How many but, times has he probably heard that? Yeah, but we, we don't know. I'm just confused about yeah. the WWE title picture. And that sounds, sounds normal. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are. If you're confused about the WWE title picture as well, or you have an idea of how to make it better, please let us know. Hit us yeah. up on Twitter. Let us know your opinion and what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at Ringside Rundown. And uh, let us know how you can fix Big E's title reign and the WWE title picture. Yeah, please do, because God knows we're running out of ideas. <laughs> we are. We are. None of our ideas go anywhere anyway. We come up with nope. some pretty pretty good stuff. and It's all it just... the bad things we talk into <laughs> existence happen. Yeah, yeah. It screams our luck, doesn't it? <sighs> Honestly. All <I> right. Mean... <laughs> <laughs> so moving over to NXT 2.0, uh, everything that's happening on NXT 2.0 right now is gearing up towards war games. Um, I'm still not a fan of what's happening on the show i feel like i feel lost Mm -hmm. and i feel war games might be the very first nxt big event show that's not gonna hold the weight as other past takeovers have. honestly i don't even think they're considering it a takeover i think it's just a I think it's just gonna be just a saturday special i don't even think it's takeover it's just war games but they just looking at both of these war games matches the mm-hmm. inexperience in them is a little concerning mm-hmm. uh you look at the women where you have toxic attraction who um yeah i think we think it's safe to say kind of got a little rushed into the title picture no oh, for sure and then you look on the other side you got cora jade who obviously if you've listened the last few weeks i like cora jade it's just already you're gonna throw her i mean that shows you i guess how much how high they are on her because Mm -hmm. i said i think she has a potential to be one of the big like stars in the nxt women's division but i guess i was just surprised they threw her into a match like war games already because well in toxic attraction for that matter because war games is not for the faint of heart yeah that's my thing is is war games going to live up to the war games moniker because since they've used it in nxt it's definitely have lived up to what war games usually is both on the men and women's side but everything's everything's different here in nxt 2.0 i feel like if it lives up to the war games hype it's gonna be because of two women and that's io shirai and dakota kai Mm -hmm. because I saw this on Twitter and I thought it was a very interesting stat that 
those two are the only women to participate in every single solitary war games match. Ooh. And Dakota is undefeated right now. She's two and zero. Ooh. So will she make it three and zero? I kind of hope. It's interesting to see Dakota Kai with Toxic Attraction. Oh, so I weird. feel like yeah, it's she doesn't really fit that. No. I I don't see any team camaraderie. No, she looks so. It's always funny because you got the like Toxic Attraction, which is like. I'm not going to say prim and proper, but just like prissy and, you know, mm-hmm. stuck up and whatever. And then you have the Dakota. Mean, the that's mean just, girls. The mean girls. Yeah. And Dakota's just off a rocker unhinged. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny to see that they don't know what to do with her at all. They don't know how to handle her. No. And I think that's kind of a good thing. I just hope it always sucks because I want Dakota to always do well. And mm-hmm. I just don't care for Raquel Gonzalez. So I do kind of hope. Dakota's team wins, even if mm. it is toxic attraction, but it's going to be rather interesting because I don't think I would necessarily rely on Mandy Rose for the experience. <laughs> it's definitely going to be EO and Dakota, but where does, where does Kaylee Ray fit in all of this? Oh, because... oh yeah. Kaylee Ray's in there too. Oh, I completely forgot. That was kind of surprising because yeah. I thought they were kind of doing the heel thing. And then it was, oh no, I cost you the match. So now I'm on the good guy side, but is she though? That's what I'm saying. Is she, though? That's the question. Yeah, which, I feel like she may cost them the match. I don't know. Because, I mean, I I love Kaylee Ray. I'm sad that I completely forgot she was in the match. I showed you <laughs> how much I've been paying attention because it's just mind-numbing to watch at this point. But Kaylee Ray adds the experience, too. Like, the stuff she's done in War Games before, insane. Like, absolutely insane. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but also I'm very nervous because I don't want anybody to uh, seriously hurt themselves because we saw how well that ladder match almost went. Don't even remind me. I'd prefer not to have a repeat of that. And unfortunately you have a good portion of those women in this match. You have EO and toxic attractions. So yeah, just don't let EO fall off a ladder again, please. (laughs) Please, please. Or the cage. Don't let her fall off the cage either, for God's sake. Everybody play it safe. Well, no, knowing her, she'll just, like, stuff a trash can on her head and jump off the cage again like she did last time. So, who knows? We love EO. <laughs> we do. I, I love EO. I just love Dakota more, so. <laughs> well, on the men's side, uh, this is interesting. They're booking an old school versus new school vibe where yeah. Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and L.A. Knight We'll take on Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, Grayson Waller, and Tony D'Angelo. I don't uh, I don't feel good about the old school side of, of NXT coming away with the win here. No, and I will say, I am very disappointed we didn't hear Regal say war games. I'm mad. They probably don't like that. Like, seriously. Whoever, whoever's in charge of NXT now is like, ah, that's... Oh, people like that? Ah, we're going to get rid of that. Right, That's like, not necessary. Braun Breaker doing it doesn't do shit. <laughs> yeah. Come on. It, it's it like everybody. How many times did you see the memes going through every year when War Games started? It was always Regal doing War Games. Like, they did that. Um, My personal favorite one was um, that would have been Team Ripley versus Team Baszler. So a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And they did that meme of where the picture was always like the housewife getting held back <laughs> yelling and it's the cat. <laughs> yeah. And they did that. And it was the lady like screaming and Rhea was like pointing back at her screaming. And then the cat said war games. <laughs> so yeah. I loved it so much. And now we can't do that anymore. Cause 
can't NXT have fun. Can't have fun. No, can't <laughs> have fun in, cannot. In, the, in the new NXT. I'm, no. I'm just, I'm looking at war games as a whole. They, these are the only two matches so far that I'm sure that have been announced for it. But again, I'm looking at it going, man, I don't feel like this is going to live up to whatever takeover has been. No, you know, whatever NXT nope. has done so far, because people are really souring on, on NXT 2.0. I don't know what it is. Why. It's just, I don't know if we want to see a product that's built on teaching. I, yeah, <laughs> I think it's kind of, I think it's also a mix of people are so used to the old NXT. Mm-hmm. And then I think they did a terrible job of throwing dozens upon dozens of new people at you at once and going, yeah, we can figure it out. Yeah. I think I, I just miss triple H. I miss no, triple H. I miss his creativity yeah. and what he's been, what he's done for the NXT brand. He probably has to look back on this and go, what the hell did they do? It's like that Godfather <laughs> think- meme where he's like, they massacred my, my pet projects. I feel like, it's almost like they did this to keep him in the hospital. <laughs> if we keep him in the hospital, he won't be able to come back and fix everything. I think that's the that's the uh That's the thing. The theory. I, don't, I don't think you can fix this because no. I'm 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 not sold on Braun Breaker. Grayson Waller no. kinda just annoys me. Uh Joe Tony, Gacy annoys me. Yeah. Carmelo Hayes, I will give Carmelo I think Carmelo Hayes is a good talent. Yes, I think he's a good. I think he's a good talent. He would have fit in the OG NXT era even better than he did now in 2.0. Tony D'Angelo is too much. It's too much of a trope. It's too much of a stereotype. (laughs) It was funny at first with the like the Italian hand meme. Yeah, and now it's just like, all right, this is literally like 80s, 90s shit. Yeah, it's too much of a character trope. Too Mm -hmm. heavy on the stereotypes. I'm sure if you know you get a real Italian person looking at them, (laughs) they would go, "This is a joke, right?" Yeah, like this is insulting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. I really want to be, that's the thing. I really want to be positive. I want to be positive and try to find the good. So that way we don't sound like every other podcast or every other wrestling fan that just shits on everything. Yeah. But it's hard. And NXT 2.0 makes it very, very hard. Yeah. It's hard. Like, and I feel like, and I think that it is very tough because we talk about this all the time in our like production meetings where, Obviously, we have no problem talking about AEW because mm-hmm. AEW is head and shoulders better than WWE at this point. But mm-hmm. it also just sucks because we're like, okay. Um, we don't want to seem like that fan. Yeah, but I feel like it would be worse if we didn't. I mean, we obviously can still talk about the good things about WWE. All like, I don't know, maybe two things. Or just we <laughs> talk about how we still like our favorites. Yeah. But other than that, I think it's easier just to be honest and be like look this is crap it's trash that's the best way to put it we're being on we're being as honest as possible we're not trying to like throw frills on it we're not trying to be overly critical and overly negative this is just how we perceive things and we wish that it will get better yes it's painful yeah will it get better don't know but we actually God. wish that it, it can get better. And yeah. we're, we're, we're holding our breath, waiting for the day that something clicks. And we're like, oh, this is good stuff. 
Because that's what we want to see. We want to see that for Raw. We want to see that for SmackDown and NXT. Yeah, because we've said it how many times before. We never fed into the, oh, are you better be Team AEW or Mm -hmm. you suck? It's like you're Team Wrestling because we like wrestling because WWE started our our love for wrestling. Very true, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we don't want to see it fail. It's just frustrating because we know how good it can be because it was good. Yeah. That that's where our frustrations lie. We know how good it can be. Uh, they just choose to go the hard route. They just become complacent. I think that's basically what it boils down to. Is okay. Well, this is what works, and we don't want to try anything new because we don't want to buck the system. And we'll keep making our money, and people are still going to keep watching until they don't. Yeah, and it's getting well, very hard to stay on top of things. Yeah, because we're adults and we both have lives and we have things to do. Yeah. You just you just started a new job. Yeah, you know, and, and obviously, and that's again, what what can they do, especially on Monday nights? Yeah, to make people stay up to Care. eleven o'clock. You know. Yeah. Because DVR is the easily accessible thing. More than half of households across America and across North America have DVR access. Yeah. You know, so it's like, what can you do to put on a creative product where people want to see it live and not have to DVR it? Yeah, exactly. And that was the worst part. I can't tell you how long. And I mean, it's not for the longest time. It wasn't because I was disinterested. It was just because I didn't have the time because when I had more free time on Monday nights, I was always streaming with my friends. Mm -hmm. So that usually started around 930, 10 o'clock. And I was usually getting ready for it before then. So DVR has been my friend with wrestling. It's just sad that out of a three hour show, I can easily fast forward through about two hours and two and a half hours of it because all of it is crap. Yeah. I hate that, that I have to just waste. It's sad that I have to watch the fast forwarding screen longer than the actual show. Yeah. That's not a good sign. Not a good sign. Not a good sign. But we digress. We move on to the other side of the wrestling world for all elite wrestling. They had Dynamite and Rampage. Speaking of Dynamite, it kicked off with a wild segment. A Jesus. wild segment between MJF and CM Punk. Now, we saw last week CM Punk interrupted MJF, didn't even shake his hand, didn't even say a word to him, and just walked away. Now, this week was a oh, little different. We got words. We, we got words, and we got a lot of them. Uh, So I'm going to break this down as best Hmm. I can using my notes. And basically it boils down to this. MJF is mad that CM Punk wanted to take on everyone except him. So MJF obviously punches down. He attacks Punk's looks. He attacks Punk's UFC career and said Punk would never live up to his old rivals like Triple H and John Cena. He didn't say them directly, but he definitely hinted at him. And if you're a wrestling fan, it was easy to get. You knew. Yeah, you knew. So Punk uh, thought MJF stood for my jealous fan. Punk never brought up MJF because he didn't want to feed his rotten little ego. Punk said last week he shut MJF up without saying a word, called MJF a less famous Miz. Mm, And that was a name drop. That was a name drop for sure. He called him a less famous Miz. MJF (sighs) says CM Punk has turned into a kiss ass robot that does and he does a robot impression saying cm punk loves insert city here and he would love to take on insert opponent here stuff like that it was pretty interesting i thought that was a barb that wasn't talked about much but it kind of hold a little bit of weight to it yeah i i agree um 
my personal favorite was when um, Punk was first off saying how he went after the heart and soul of AEW Darby Allen and he knew that just chewed up MJF because yes. that's what MJF thinks he is. And he said, you know, you continue to go on about how you're the strongest of the four pillars and you don't even realize you've been replaced by Britt Baker. Ouch. I love that, <laughs> obviously, because I feel like I may have said it once or twice on this show that I would have put Britt as one of the pillars of AW. I think you did. Yeah, definitely. Being a little biased, probably, but <laughs> I think it's a very easy claim to make. And I'm, I just, it blew my mind that they actually mentioned it. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. And then you see on Twitter how Punk came out after the show and he was wearing Brit's jacket. Oh, is that what he was doing? Yeah, yeah. That, was, that, was, that was her jacket. He loves Brit. Like, he definitely does. You know, how can you not? But, um, but I digress. I, we always, I know that we, cause we've done it too many times would complain about wwe specifically starting with a promo segment mm-hmm. because they always start with a talking segment and it's always yeah. scripted and it's always crap and you get tired of it because you just want to see the wrestling this was not one of those instances because that was 20 minutes of just letting them fly just yeah. letting them go at each other if you give me 20 minutes of that i'll love it every single time exactly and i love how MJF thought he was just hot shit, uh-huh. just throwing in all the zingers and whatever, and Punk just made him look tra- like terrible. And he, and Punk made a very good point that I've said before, where I'm not on the MJF hype train because when he thinks he's being this like best talker in the game, god level heel, he picks such the easiest punches to throw. Mm. This city sucks. These people are stupid and fat and dumb and whatever. It's like, (laughs) wow, where have we heard that before? Literally every stereotypical heel in the book says the exact same stuff. So it's not revolutionary. And I love the punk called him out for it. You literally go for the lowest hanging fruit. And he does. Yeah, he does. He really does. He called, uh, he calls uh, CM Punk PG Punk (laughs) says Punk might as well be out there preaching hustle, loyalty (laughs) and respect. And MJF said Punk stood home because he wanted, he was scared he couldn't hang anymore. Punk says he was selling out her MSG while MJF was marking out for <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell. Oh it God. says MJF can't back up his talk without his heavy. Speaking of guys like Wardlow and Sean Spears. And he says that MJF talks about being one of the four pillars, but doesn't realize he's being replaced by Britt Baker. Loved it. Loved <laughs> they, it. they trade some more light barbs. And when it came time to throw hands, MJF got the hell out of there. All in all, this was an A-plus segment, probably one of the best talking promo segments of the year. And that, exact, yeah. and yeah. it was exactly what you would expect. Obviously, it's exactly what you would expect from MJF, but it shows that Punk still got it. Oh, he does. And I think, I think up until then, it was safe to say that the best talking segment AEW had, I think of all time, really, was Britt Baker and Ruby Soho's promo. Mm-hmm. That was trading barbs. This took it to a whole new level because to go out there and have that audience captivated for a full 20 minutes or just about is crazy because Mm. us wrestling fans, I think it's safe to admit we have short attention spans. We can't really 
hold on to things for very long like I guess we used to or whatever but that you that crowd it was I love the contrast of whenever they whoever was talking when of course when MJF was talking they were booing him out of the building and whatever but then when Punk was talking it's like everybody just shut up yeah you and hung hear on drop. every single word he was saying and it was just in it was insane but it was crazy it's interesting you brought up that point that like when Punk punk was speaking you can kind of hear a pin drop mm-hmm. you know because they hang on every single word that he says yeah and that just shows you how much people still love punk i mean granted it was chicago of course they do that but they the fans anywhere he goes they still do that basically they want to hear what he has to say because they know he's one of the best talkers in the game and, and it kind of and it kind of overshadowed the fact that he had a match on dynamite yeah you know he, he had a match on dynamite against qt marshall and obviously he's going to beat the hell out of QT Marshall. Nobody yeah. had money on QT Marshall winning that match. No, but not even close. That that's how crazy it is that they just kind of slid this match in there. Imagine if it was just the match by itself. Oh. It, the people would have been like, oh, it's sure. uh, yeah, whatever, you know, QT yeah. Marshall." But they had this promo segment that happened and it just completely blew everybody's mind. Most people, honestly, obviously, if you're if you're if you're critiquing it and you're kind of needle picking at every single thing, the WWE barbs kind of probably wasn't your thing. But I yeah. felt like I felt like they fit, you know, especially mm. on MJF side when he called him he, when he said he might as well be out there preaching hustle, loyalty, yeah. and oh, respect. God. I was just like, oh, because that falls in line with him being PG. If he is being PG, I'm not saying he is, but. Yeah that's that's as pg as it gets and and, I, like, and fans got the reference like you know who he was talking about anybody who's a wrestling fan knows who he's talking about which <laughs> it's funny we were talking about this in the production meeting um i didn't get to watch this promo segment live unfortunately i was um helping a friend with his christmas store and so my parents were watching it and my poor dad knows nothing about wrestling he mm. he knows Britt. That's about it. Like this is literally it. He knows Britt Baker. That's it. So when this whole thing's going on, of course my mom's losing her mind because I think we all were. And she she would say like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he just said that. Oh my god, I can't believe he just went there." And my dad's just like, "I don't know what's going on." And <laughs> she said, "If Shay was here, she'd get the reference." And she ended up texting me like, "Oh my god, you are missing." this promo i'm like of course i am because why wouldn't i be and yeah my poor dad was so lost god bless him but he at least watched it he didn't really have a choice but he didn't have a choice but he no. just sat there he just, uh, yeah, just sat there and let it go all over his head like way over his head shout out to dad uh but that wasn't the only thing that happened on uh on dynamite this was a pretty packed show dante martin joined team Taz. that was mm. leaving leo rush in the dust that was out of left field. That was yeah. so surprising. Even 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 Dante's brother Darius was confused on Twitter. He said, "I don't know what's going on here." Right? So they I didn't. Ex- see- why would they turn him heel? That's what I'm understanding. Oh, because what's his motivation? That's yeah. his, that's the big thing. What's his motivation for joining Team Taz? Team Taz is just one of many uh, factions that exist within the AEW uh. realm. Probably their one downside is everybody's in a faction. Almost like yeah. New Japan, you know, you're just assigned to this faction whether you want to be or not. Yeah, it it was um, 
I have a, th- I mean, there's a theory or two as to why he joined, but we have to say that for the question time because okay. we have to talk about that a little bit. But um, yeah, I was watching it live because I didn't get to see that. I literally sat there and thought, holy shit, are they actually going to do this? It, It's just, yeah, I, I need to know why because he is insanely popular and he's only Dang. been getting more popular so why put them and put him with team Taz? Yeah, I'm just wondering. I mean, like you said, he's getting popular by the minute, probably because he brings something different to the table. Yeah. And he brings something different as a high flyer, mm-hmm. but it's just like you're just mesmerized by his agility. I thought him and Leo Rush was a great tag team. Yeah, they did really good in their match. So it's I, like, what's happening? I mean... Or- Maybe it'll help elevate Team Taz because they haven't been necessarily lighting the world on fire lately. But yeah, still, it's 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 just weird. It's, yeah. it's I need to see some more of what's happening to to get at a least, full judgment. At least it keeps you intrigued. Yeah, you want to yeah. see what his reasoning is. Exactly. Well, next up, Thunder Rosa defeated Jamie Hader to advance in the TBS tournament. Thunder Rosa will face Jade Cargill while Nyla Rose will face the winner of Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander. I know you're looking forward to that match. My money is on Ruby Soho. I. You have to choose. You have to choose. I know. We talked about this before. <laughs> I said it. it's terrible because we literally had the, the script was flipped mm-hmm. at, um, the last time because you felt this exact same way with Eddie and CM Punk. And it just, oh, it sucks because I obviously love them both. I know this match is going to be really good. I mean, they're hyping the hell out of it. So, can't we just have a triple threat instead? Nope. I just, I, oh, I hate it because. We have to break your heart. They're going to break my heart one. It's like, they're going to make me happy and then break my heart at the same time. So that's going to be a fun sensation, but. And that I... that happens this Wednesday, right? This Wednesday yes, coming? Yes, yes. So they're just making me suffer <laughs> another another week, but I Yeah, I'm I'm honestly thinking that it's going to be Ruby. If it would have been stat though, it would have been really interesting to see her try and go against someone like Jade Cargill because I think we know Jade's going to the finals. I think it's kind of you a given so? at this point. It seems I, like it because they are just advertising the hell out of her and hyping this whole thing up. I don't know. I have just, I have Ruby going to the finals. Oh, Ruby. like oh yeah, well like Ruby and Jade, I think is gonna be the finals. Oh, okay. Ruby and Jade, okay. Which because we've talked about it before. If that's the case, that's literally gonna be another old guard versus new school kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think they kind of should if that is what happens. I will say it again because I feel like we've talked about it the last few weeks. I still think, even bias aside, I still think Ruby should win because Jade's improving. Don't get me wrong. She mm-hmm. is. I just don't think she's championship material yet. Mm-hmm. No, and I feel I, like they just kind of would rush it. I agree. I and agree. speaking of improving, though, I would say Jamie Hayter has definitely been improving every time she's wrestled since coming back. And... She's just getting better and better. She was she was good before. It's just improving and getting more comfortable and smooth in the ring. And this match showed. I mean, it's Thunder Rosa, so of course it's going to be a good match because it's Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. But she gave her all she could handle. Um, the ending, 
kind of was going to set up that inevitable split between the two with Britt and Jamie. Mm -hmm. And I kind of thought it was going to play in a little bit to what happened on Rampage, but that did not happen. We will get to that later. But um, I would be very interested to see if they end up, when they end up breaking up Britt and Jamie, because I think they'll keep Rebel with Britt, because why wouldn't they? It's funny. But maybe we could see another challenger for Britt and Jamie. Maybe. She'd know her better than anyone else. That'd be an interesting... I mean, because again, the easiest way to make it memorable is to kind of keep that train going, new challengers, as many times as possible. Exactly. To, to make it seem like it's legitimate. Uh, but like you said, it didn't really happen. Like, they didn't really break it up, um, as we will talk about Rampage a little bit later. Um, I'm just... Like I said, I you say Jade Cardgill is going to the finals, and I think that's very, very interesting. Because that would set up the TBS tournament, the title, to be sort of like the workhorse title, don't you think? Yeah. I feel like that's what it's supposed to be. Because it's supposed to just be like the TNT championship for the women. Right. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if, if they're going to do the same thing that they do with the TNT title, where they have like the open challenges and things like that. I'm just, I'm, this tournament went way better than the Queen's Crown tournament than the I mean, in WWE. I mean, it wasn't hard. We knew it was going to, but it's, yeah, yeah I, I agree. It's, it's weird because it's almost like we're, we're, first off, we're probably overthinking this because that's just how we are. But you look at the women's rankings right now, Jay Cargill's number one. So you would think as rankings would go, she's mm-hmm. the next number one contender. Yeah. You wouldn't have both titles going up against each other. That's not how that works. Or it shouldn't. Yeah. This isn't Survivor Series. Just saying. But I... I mean, I could easily see it being Thunder Rosa and Ruby in the finals instead. Because I just don't see why you'd want Thunder Rosa to lose to Jade technically twice now. Mm -hmm. But in the same token, if it does happen, I feel like... If you look at a Ruby and Jade finals, I feel like Ruby has way more to lose than Jade does in this situation because Jade can just continue to improve and just like rebound from the loss. Mm -hmm. Can Ruby lose another big match? Okay, she comes in, she wins the Battle Royal, she gets her shot at Brit. She comes close. I mean, she barely lost because Brit needed to cheat to win, but... Can she lose another big match? That's a good point. That's a good point. So, I mean, obviously, biasly, I want Ruby to win the title. I, I honestly, she's my she's my pick, though. I mean, because they're advertising the hell out of her with this match, too. Yeah. Probably a little more than Jade. So, I mean, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I would be 1,000% okay with Ruby winning this title. I mean, it would just suck that Statlander has to take another loss because I don't want her to lose either. Mm. because she lost to Brit too and she's still kind of working her way back and we haven't really seen a whole lot of her except on dark and dark elevation so and with best friends of course but someday stat will be our leader <laughs> as she says someday but she uh, made she does make a good point though she said i'm still your leader i don't need a belt to prove that yeah and i'm like you know what stat you're right She's right. But moving on, uh, Brian Danielson beat Cole Cabana in convincing fashion. Danielson has gone full heel. Yeah. Says, he says he is not fickle and does exactly what said what he said he was going to do to the Dark Order. Hangman Page comes out and wants to wrestle Brian right then and there. 
Brian declined since he just had a match. Since that's the case, Hangman says Brian can have the first shot. Brian takes that as an insult and goes to walk away, but takes a shot, and the two come to blows. Uh, Hangman Page goes for the buckshot lariat, but Brian gets out of the ring just in time. So, again, what do you think about Dan- uh, Brian Danielson going full heel? It honestly works. It, it, it do- works. It's just so surprising that they went ahead and pulled the trigger so soon on it. Yeah, because I think we even said it before, they could have had this match face versus face. Uh-huh. Like, they're, it's not, like, out of the realm of possibility. It's not WWE. You can't, like, oh, well, there has to be the good guy versus the bad guy. You can have two basically good guys. So I'm surprised they did it. Mm-hmm. But I think this is going to play out the way that um I said it was going to play out, where I would assume at some point when he does get his match, the build-up build up will be, okay, well... Hangman, it took you how long to actually win this title? And are you actually even, or was it just a fluke? Mm-hmm. And if, well, I would hope when he beats Brian, that that solidifies that, okay, yeah, he's the real deal. He's here to stay. And uh, Cowboy's going to be the champion for a while, at least I hope. I think so. I think, I think they realized that they really have a poster child in a sense with Hangman Page. Like he could exactly. be the face of the company. Um, it, he he just has the perfect gimmick, the perfect look. He's young, he's hungry, and he's and he's the champion. When you, it's it's one thing, like we said, remember when uh, Ruby uh, held up the title, and we we're like, damn, she actually oh, looks yes. like a champion when she held up the title. Yes. It's the same with Hangman Page. When he rocks that belt, he it looks just, like the champion. It just looks. It just looks right. Feels right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, d- yeah. I'm just interested in seeing um, more of this. Uh, Brian Danielson beating up the Dark Order. I mean, he oh. beat Colcabana so bad that he knocked his tooth out. God, yeah, I remember seeing that and going, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah. He knocked he knocked his tooth out, which is like we're really going there. Aren't we? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of up his alley because he's always been that way. He's always been yeah. the 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 healer that he is. The the more angry and more vile his shots are. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. Like, like he makes it convincing. Yeah, so, it's already brutal enough to begin with. It just gets even worse. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm just so taken aback by the fact that he's already a heel in AEW and he's only had maybe nine matches. You know, it feels and like it's so much longer than that. It feels like it, but they they it's because they do such a good job of just throwing out different mixes and showing you that wrestling doesn't have to be a certain way. You know, yeah. you you look at it and you can go, well, of course he's going to beat Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana mainly wrestles on AEW Dark and Elevation and all that stuff. But still, they had a good match. They have history with each other dating back to the early days of Ring of Honor. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is why people get into these type of matches that AEW has. It's, it's not just the match itself. Sometimes there's a story behind the match. And I think people really miss good storytelling in wrestling. Yeah, and... I, not every fan's like this, but I think it's safe to say you and I are. We like those callbacks to, oh, well, these guys clearly have history from how many years ago in this other promotion, especially if you remember specifically that kind of feud. We mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, definitely. I because think you're, it's a built-in story right there. It's not like, oh, these two have never wrestled each other, so you have to make it... I mean, and you can still do that, and it's works. Re- it works really well, if done correctly, when... You two have never wrestled each other. You can just make a story as you go along. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to have that little extra padding of, oh, so these two are somewhat familiar with each other. It's just been 
five years or whatever since they wrestled in whatever company it was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think I'm just, like I said, taken aback by the fact that he's a heel, but I think right. it's working perfectly. And I think him and Hangman Page, whenever they have their match, it's going to be a banger nice. match. It's going to be a banger match. I can't wait for it. It's uh, just like MJF and Punk. After Just after that promo segment alone, I need this match. I need this match to happen. Right. And that's that's what I've been saying since the beginning of this podcast. The easiest way to put on a good wrestling product is put on a product that makes people want to come back for more. Yeah. That at the end of it, they're like, we can't wait a whole nother week. We need to know what happens now. How is this going to go? That's the easiest way to put on a good wrestling product because that's how the best shows are done. You exactly. look at shows. You look, like... at sh- you look at shows like The Wire, Breaking Bad, The Sopranos. Yes. Every it's... single ending of an episode made you go, "Oh man, I need to see what happens next." It and shouldn't be this difficult. No, it definitely like, it shouldn't. shouldn't. It definitely shouldn't. Uh, speaking of difficult, in the main event. We saw Malachi Black, Andrade, and FTR defeat Cody and Death Triangle. Uh, probably the funniest thing was when Cody threw his belt into the audience and, and he, he threw it back. We literally were talking about that when that happened. It was just, I don't, it's just so amusing to me now to see how badly he gets booed. No matter where he goes, mm. he's getting booed. It's like insane. Yeah, it I'm is. not complaining because I'd be doing the same thing. And apparently, after um, this match went off the air, Cody ended up getting spiked by Andrade on the, like, they pulled off the padding on the floor, and he spiked him, and the crowd just cheered wildly like someone won the title. <laughs> I said, well, I mean, can't, I'm not upset about it, but either way, um, the match itself, I know you weren't really a fan. I didn't... It wasn't bad because they just let them do their stuff. They didn't have a formula. There wasn't like a feeling out process or whatever. It was just go do your thing. Do all the fun stuff. Yeah. And it worked. Um, Glad that Malachi and them won because I didn't want to see him lose yet again. But just when you think we're done with this, we're not done with this. Not done at all. No, because Cody has to have his hometown whatever match <laughs> street fight against Andrade. So if we haven't seen this match already, and we know who's gonna win because you, we just can't, we can't not. You think we? Do you think he's actually gonna win, or are we just preconditioned to think? Oh, he has to have his comeuppance. And I think the worst his... part is we're so preconditioned that it's Atlanta. He has to win in his hometown. That's how this works. Like I, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> I just can't. I, I just brought up that fact because I know how you get when it comes to Cody Rhodes, and it's, it's just, just so funny. I can't. I don't. Did you <sighs> did you feel the same way as many fans did when when Cena was uh doing his whole PG hustle loyalty respect, and fans were like, "This is just ridiculous." It's it's funny I, you ask that because the problem was was when he was doing all of that stuff, I was probably trying to think of the year i think like the height of it was probably oh nine maybe uh, like his uh, feud with randy orton that was around like oh nine i think wasn't right. it yeah yeah so at that time that was let's get our thinking caps on here so that was 12 years ago 12 years ago i was 13 uh, so needless to say i was a cena fan back then oh uh, okay okay but after a while it's kind of 
it's kind of like how I was with Charlotte. I was, I love Charlotte. Mm-hmm. NXT coming up to the main roster, but then it just kind of was like, oh, okay, it just kind of not fall i didn't fall out i guess fall out of love with them i guess or i don't know i just found other people that i thought were more entertaining because mm-hmm. like obviously malachi black came along ruby ruby soho came along Shayna baszler dakota kai rhea ripley those are more like my style now i still uh-huh. appreciate some of the other stuff like we always say especially when it came to killer cross and Shayna baszler i still appreciate the high flying stuff and it's still entertaining to me. It's just, I also find it very entertaining when people can just rip your like limb off and beat you over the head with it. <laughs> because that's just like, I guess the closest to an actual fight, I guess the more realistic, I guess it's more like realistic stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. especially for those kind of wrestlers, it's not out of the realm of possibility that if they really wanted to, they could seriously hurt their opponent. They know yeah. how to do it. Yeah, for sure. The so. reason I the reason I ask is because a lot of people are uh, comparing Cody's run right now, where mm-hmm. the fans are just turning sour on him, to John Cena's yeah. run, like you said, back yep. in 2009, 2010. So yeah. you kind of just wonder, like, is it the same thing? Are is AEW gonna maybe turn Cody, even though he says he's never gonna turn, he's not gonna turn his back on the fans? I don't see why you would put yourself in a box like that. It's <sighs> I think we even talked about it. Um, I think we were we were messaging each other on Twitter about it, I think. He's going to get booed regardless. Mm-hmm. They're not going to all of a sudden start cheering for Cody because he's a heel. They're just sick of him. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's How do I word this? It's not go away heat. I th- or yeah, it's go away heat. That's literally it's, what it is. Yeah, yeah, just, It's like Charlotte Flair now. Mm-hmm. That's go away heat because we've i feel like if i had a dollar for every time i've had to say it on this podcast it's just they pushed him so much and so much energy and passion which i get it he's a passionate guy energy whatever but after a while it just comes across as pretentious yeah and people don't like that yeah i don't like that so yeah that (laughs) would you add to the fact he beat malachi black it makes me even more pissed because it shouldn't have happened right so it's just, yeah it's just whatever it is what it is there there the, if the word polarizing was used in aw it would yeah. definitely go to cody Rhodes because mm-hmm. i was when aw first started i looked at the way they presented cody and even though he did the whole throne breaker thing and everything yeah. like that i was like man he could really be a big deal but i didn't yeah. realize i didn't realize that it was going to be like this yeah, it's, I don't know. I think it was when, I think they run the risk of once you start having Cody beat the crowd's favorite, mm-hmm. they don't like that. And again, mm-hmm. it's, I think also too, it was just starting to get the, it was the same old stuff. Mm-hmm. Every promo, how many times were we like, okay, here we go. Another storm the beaches of Normandy, I think as you put it, promo where, <laughs> oh my God, we're just so much better than the competition. Oh my God, yeah. you have to do the, oh, just name drop. And it's like, okay, sometimes you don't have to, like, how's the saying go? If you, if you lose, say nothing. If you win, say less. Mm-hmm. And it always, because I always said that was the one problem I kind of had, and I guess still do a little bit, have with with AEW, where they sometimes can come across as the little brother trying to get big brother WWE's attention. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to do that. 
you guys still do really good when you're not name dropping WWE. You're capable of beating them, clearly, because look at how popular they've become in two years. It's still hard to believe. This is this AEW's only been around two years. That's crazy. They and packed already, so much. Yeah. So you can do it without having to constantly name drop the competition because clearly WWE doesn't care. Yeah. They could care sure. less. So like you don't have to do it. Your stuff yeah. What you do in the show speaks for itself. I agree. I agree. Uh, speaking of WWE, what happened on SmackDown? Let's check it out. There's yeah. There was a rumor that went around that actually came to be true that Brock Lesnar's suspension has been lifted. Uh, oh. And we find out that <laughs> we find out that at the end of the show, it is true. His suspension is over and he will be back on SmackDown uh, this coming week. I know you're not a big fan of Brock Lesnar. Hmm. I wonder... I wondered if they piped in those we want Brock chants in the yeah. audience. I felt like they were overwhelming almost. Which, I mean, the WWE is very notorious for piping in sound, so I wouldn't have put it past them to do that. Um, I don't, I don't want to be that guy, but it just seemed like yeah. there were a lot of we want Brock chants. It was just like, I don't... I've said it before. I think just the biggest problem I have with Lesnar is that it's almost like... And I may get canceled for this. I don't know. It's like, it's a one trick pony with him. He comes back. He goes after the champion. He destroys people. He gets pissed because something doesn't go his way. He destroys the officials. He gets suspended. He gets fined. He ends up coming back and then he wins the title and then he loses and then he disappears. Rinse and fucking repeat. I'm tired of it. I'm so sick of it. (laughs) No, you're, you're, you, I don't think you, I don't think you're uh off when you say he's a one trick pony he definitely has a certain style but the for me it's just like they could have did the same thing with carrying cross you know they could have had him be an unstoppable you know guy who just goes out there and beats people up and and that's it but it's just like it doesn't get gassed in the first five minutes of a match well yeah ouch i wasn't gonna go there but you did (laughs) that's why it's like it's so funny to me because it was so ironic to see people shit all over Goldberg coming back and praise <laughs> Lesnar for doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Granted, the age difference is a little off. That's fine. But it's essentially the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, Brock Lesnar is at least a little bit cooler than Goldberg. He can at least wrestle to a degree. Yeah. He won't get gassed the minute the bell rings. And he won't kill anybody either using his finisher. It's I, just... I just... I think, like, if Brock Lesnar is the one to dethrone Roman Reigns... God, I hope I, not. I feel like it'll be underwhelming. Yeah, because I... Th- well, and I think the problem is people are just so preconditioned with WWE that they're almost expecting it at this point. And it's not going to be a big deal because it's like, great, we've seen this literally every single solitary time Lesnar's come back. I'd yeah. be shocked if Roman beat him, honestly. <laughs> I think that would be the more shocking thing is if he actually loses. I would love to see it. I would love I to would see too. it. I would too. Believe me. Without shenanigans, without Paul Heyman being involved. Because yeah. here we go again. They're just recycling, oh, whose alliance is Paul Heyman going to be with? You know? And yeah, exactly. They're just, I mean, it was it was okay the first time because it made the most sense. But th- that doesn't mean let's recycle it for another two months or so because they're not going to have a pay-per-view in december no um they're they're waiting till new year's day to have their next pay-per-view um which is interesting um but 
to to wait that long and to have to drag out another storyline that you already did yeah kinda, exactly it's kind of interesting it's not interesting in a good way yeah like i <sighs> it's i love how wwe finally can pick and choose when they want the rematch clause to come into effect because some people get one chance at the title and they're gone for good like cesaro but then mm-hmm. lesnar can lose and oh no he has to have a rematch <laughs> like yeah by that token a lot of people are owed rematches yeah, exactly. They just love to pick and choose depending on who it is. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, there was a battle royal by invitation only to crown a new number one contender. This battle royal was won by Sami Zayn. Originally, right. it, it was won by Jeff Hardy, but Sami Zayn did the old, I'm going to go under the second rope and just wait till everybody gets eliminated, then eliminate the last we're, person. We're, we've heard something like that before. Yeah, uh, it's it's an old tried and true method. Yeah. Uh but I wonder, I don't know. I don't think uh I don't think Sami Zayn is gonna be the number one contender for very long. I think it was just no. something to be like a placeholder. I guess, which I'm not entirely sure why we have to have the place that in the first place, but here we are, I guess. I don't it, know. Just, it's, eh. it's WWE. And also I wanted to make note, Charlotte Pie Tony Storm twice. Kind of embarrassing. Yeah, it's like I hate it because Tony Storm is much better than this. We talked about it before SummerSlam, or not SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Mm. Why did we have to go through all of these steps just to have Tony on the women's team? She should have been mm. there to begin with. No offense to Aaliyah, but I think it's safe to say Tony Storm is head and shoulders above Aaliyah. I just thought, like, having her get pied in the face twice and yeah. by Charlotte, who is public enemy number one, and just the look on her face, I was just like, man. This is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, they're making her look like a fool. Making her look like a fool. But there wasn't, other than that stuff, there wasn't really much to note on SmackDown. I mean, uh, are we surprised? It was uh, much like uh, Survivor Series, kind of like a punted show. All I remember is um, Naomi, or I know Sonya and Sasha got into it a little bit, and I'm like, that's something I'd like to see. Yeah, they did have a tag team match, and I'm surprised that they gave uh, Naomi and Sasha the win with no sort of shenanigans or anything like that. So I, w- I was just happy Shayna didn't take the pin on that one. <laughs> I was worried because you never know, but again, yeah. I don't think we're ever going to get an explanation as to why there's beef between Naomi and Sonya Deville. I just think, and, and Pat McAfee was kind of prodding. Like yeah. what is, what is this beef between you guys? And she just really yeah. didn't want to answer it. She's like, Oh, nope. there's, there's no beef. There's no problems. Yeah, no. I, I don't get it. I don't get I, I don't, don't either. It, it's so weird because I don't get it, but I still want to see it happen. Mm. I think it's more or less because I love Sonya and I just want to see her back in a ring. Believe me, I'm not complaining about her in a suit every week, but I'd like to see her wrestle again. My thing is, I'm just so tired of the authority figure getting drunk on power. Well, now you're getting it with Adam Pierce, so now you got a times two. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, we're we're getting it double timed and that's probably the only saving grace as to why I'm excited to see Lesnar. I want to see what he's going to do to Adam Pierce. Um, and if Adam Pierce is going to flex his power, which I don't think he's going to do so now, but I'm just so sick of the authority figure who's drunk on power. Yeah. It, it always seems like WWE does a little better without it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not entirely sure why they feel the need to go back to it every like year or so. It's weird. It is weird. It is weird. But that's SmackDown for you. We move over to Rampage. AW Rampage. 
probably, like I say every week, my favorite hour of wrestling because it's just straight wrestling, you know? And yeah. you get to see good oh, yeah. matches. Speaking of good matches, Adam Cole teamed up with Bobby Fish to defeat Wheeler Yuta and Orange Cassidy of the Best Friends. A very, very good tag team match. Uh, Orange Cassidy is just way over the moon popular with oh, yeah. the fans. Uh, one day he's going to be something big. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm sure he's going to be something big. Uh, this is the match that surprised me the most, but I was happy to see it go down this way. Riho pinned Britt Baker <sighs> to receive a title shot. Mm. I didn't think it was going to go down this way. I thought Britt Baker was going to end up getting the win. I'm a huge, huge Riho fan. Ever since I saw her and I saw the type of wrestler that she is, I'm just like, oh, man, I love this girl. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. she, like I said before in this podcast, and I said it in our production meeting, the reason I like her so much is because she comes into every single match as a disadvantage because oh, yeah. <laughs> she, she's she's five foot at most and 90 pounds soaking wet with a brick in both boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so by definition of wrestling sense, she shouldn't win any matches. No. But yet, here she is, the inaugural AEW Women's Champion, and she had a banger match with Britt Baker. Yeah. They were just going back and forth, throwing some shots in, which I love to see. It was just a great match. Uh, Riho gets the win with the capture pin, and she gets a future title shot. And I'm surprised Jamie didn't cost Britt the match, because I think uh, some people were expecting that to happen, especially after what happened with Britt costing Jamie her title match, yeah. her like, tournament match. So... I'm, I was even more surprised she showed up because mm-hmm. she clearly looked like she wanted to do anything else <laughs> except yeah. be there. But yeah, it was it was good. It was definitely good. Um, that ending, I think a lot of people are going to think it was rushed mm-hmm. on purpose. I think it was on purpose because I think it was supposed to look very like dizzying because yeah. then it's like, oh, holy shit, she actually, she actually won. So, obvi- I mean, obviously... As a card-carrying member of the DMD fan club, I was very unhappy <laughs> that she lost. Um, it was a conspiracy. <laughs> it, it, if you saw on Twitter, it's all Aubrey Edwards' fault. <laughs> She's a conspirator somehow. But I I guess it's just kind of odd that Riho's getting a title match because it's like, okay, are we just kind of delaying Britt and Jade Cargill? Because we just talked about it earlier in the show that she's the number one contender right now with the rankings and obviously she's not going to lose that type that ranking anytime soon. Cause she's not really wrestling. And when she does, she's destroying people. So is that the next like, title match we're going to get or what? I, I, the, the, that's the one good thing about AEW is they don't, they don't save everything for pay-per-view. No, they, they make their shows important by putting important matches on. Yeah. So I, I kind of like the fact that maybe we'll see this match on TV. Yeah, and I mean, it's, and I do like how, especially with AEW, where you know going into this match that Britt's winning because she's not going to lose the title to Riho anytime soon, Mm -hmm. but you still want to watch it because they have the the setup's good. Yeah, you know it's going to be a good match. You can see clearly they have chemistry with each other. Yeah, so I'm not complaining at all. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm mad Britt lost, but... She's not going to lose twice in a row. And they really played into this, and I completely forgot about it, but Riho has always beaten Brit when they mm-hmm. wrestle each other. Brit has yet to beat Riho in a mm. match, which I find very, it's very hard to believe if you think about it, but 
I think I think that streak comes to an end whenever their uh their inevitable title match happens. I think Britt finally breaks the uh the streak. That's that's the that's the thing about Rio, man. That's why I love her so much. It's she's just so good. Yeah. Like everything she does is so good and the the fact that she's just like you say 90 pounds with boots uh with bricks in her boots. She comes out, she's smiling, waving to the fans. She's very endearing to the fans. And then she goes in there and she just kicks ass. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I can't get enough of Rio. She's she's awesome. But anyway, moving on to the main event of Rampage, we had Eddie Kingston defeat Daniel Garcia in another match where Daniel Garcia really, if you're not privy to Daniel Garcia, you better start getting your knowledge up. Yeah. Because this kid really showed that he can hang in there. Not only did he show it when he took on CM Punk, but this match, he showed that he could really go in there and be a threat because he went after Eddie Kingston's knee and Eddie Kingston's knee was already compromised less than 100%. So he broke that down. And really, there were multiple times during the match where he almost had it won. Yeah, and I like how you said he can go toe-to-toe with like the bigger guys of AEW because Mm -hmm. Eddie can can dish it he can Mm -hmm. definitely dish it and Garcia took it and he gave it back too because this match was wild because we expected it to be because these guys lay their shots in and they lay them in stiff and hard and painfully so you knew you were gonna what you were gonna get out of this match and it it delivered for sure um I I always have to say I feel like I always have to say this before every Rampage main event. I just love the whole Mark Henry thing at the beginning. <laughs> it's yeah. time for the main. It just makes it seem more like that much more important. That's that's and that's an AEW thing, which I think is pretty cool that they found their own little niche to do something like this pre main event interview segment where you can really put it over. Yeah, and it it seems to a lot of it probably seems to some people like such a minute detail, but I guess mm-hmm. I just like those little things. It just makes me I don't know. It just gets me excited every time. I can't I can't help it. But no, the, and then it just sets up for just more shenanigans before the match even starts. It's like when you have Eddie who just doesn't care that they're talking or talking trash to him on the other side, and then you go back when when Orange is in there, he's just standing there without a care in the world. It's funny <laughs> to see. All of that little inter, all those like little interactions before the match even starts. Yeah, literally seconds before the match starts. So it's just good, and this delivered because Eddie didn't care about talking. He just wanted to go beat somebody up, and uh, yeah, you could say he did. They went out there and they scrapped. Yes, they were throwing some heavy open palm strikes, oh, which the I, slaps. I'm, yeah, I'm a big oh. fan of the open palm strikes in wrestling, and they were just going out there and throwing oh, bombs. That spinning back other. fist at the end, my god! Yeah, the Urican. It's just that's been his mo since his indie days, and he when he throws that that spinning back fist, man. Mm. And the thing is, he ducked the first one, which was cool. Yeah, and he put more weight into the other one, and, and oh he, my goodness, he didn't and, miss. Yeah, and when he, like you said, he put more weight into the second one, and he connected, and that was the end of that. And man, I I want more matches like that. That's right. all I can say. Just let I us want... see brutality. Yeah, I mean, it sounds sick, but I feel like before wrestling made it big mainstream and was on every TV possible, this is how you hooked fans to come back to the matches live exactly you, know, you you made it almost like a big fight boxing match but it was wrestling yeah you, you know and i feel like with with rampage and and dynamite to a certain extent they do a great job of 
again, setting up these big matches on TV that make you want to watch and make you want to see what's going to happen. Exactly. It's all about getting people's attention. It's definitely like, honestly, that's that point blank period. That's how you succeed in wrestling is you get their attention and keep it. There you go. Well, that concludes the coverage for all of the shows this week, Raw, NXT, Dynamite, SmackDown, and Rampage. But now we move on to my favorite part of the show where we get to answer your questions. And we have an abundance of questions this week. We got quite a few. We got some AEW. We got some some WWE. I'm ready for them all. All right. So let's start off. I have to say I was in the doghouse a little bit last week. Uh Uh-oh. Because with all the stuff going on, we were not able to um, answer the questions from the week before. Okay. I think I think it was because we just said it wasn't they weren't going to be relevant to the week before, like the upcoming week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that didn't sit well with somebody. <laughs> uh oh. And I heard about it. Uh-oh. And continued to hear about it. We got yelled at. Yeah, you didn't get yelled at. I got yelled at. <laughs> My mom is was very unhappy that we didn't answer her question. We better answer her so question. We're going to start with her question first so yes. I don't get something chucked at my head. <laughs> she's literally sitting like five feet away from me. So we're going to we better answer gonna, her question right, now. Okay, so the okay, so the question is, as much as we don't want to answer this one honestly, with WWE being a publicly traded company now, do we think they're doing all these releases to make the bottom line on the balance sheet look better? It's still not an excuse, but as a shareholder, all they care about is the return on investment. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. But that would imply that they're probably going to sell the company, right? I th- Honestly, the more people they get rid of, it's not going to surprise me if they do end up selling it, because what else are we doing? like what's going on i mean i i feel like we have that same question every time this happens is what's going on because it's not more or less the amount of people getting released it's who's getting released yeah you're releasing people like mia yim keith lee carrying cross tegan knox ember moon i literally could go on and on and on what for what You can't look at the talent they had before they got the WWE or the talent they, I mean, even the talent they had in NXT. And then you look at their stuff on the main roster and go, what the hell happened? I'm, I don't know. I feel like selling the company, it's, it it makes my head hurt. But, But honestly, what I think about it is the reason these people got released is because they didn't appease to Vince McMahon. Yeah, which, that's the bottom line. That is shouldn't. That, that's not what. And the worst part is that's not what it should be about. It should be about. Oh, I don't know what the fans want. The fans yeah. that are spending the money. Right, for sure. But I, that's not the world that we live in. Because no. again, the one big problem is no matter what happens, we're always going to still watch. You know yeah, what I'm it's saying? Just to what degree? There, yeah. What is the end all be all? When is when are we going to finally say enough's enough? We can't take it anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the worst part is, is that we're getting very, we're getting dangerously close there because if we're, if I start to see certain names go, it's going to be really hard for me to stay interested because. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I see. I mean, if you see Shayna Baszler's name on the list, you're going to lose it. If I see Rhea Ripley or T- Dakota Kai, I will lose it as well. It's going to be really hard to care about Mm -hmm. this company because why am i supposed to care about 
people you refuse to book and if you book book horribly or you're just gonna get rid of them in two weeks like we said before how are we supposed to get invested in literally anybody that's not named roman reigns honestly or charlotte flair because you might just get rid of them in a few weeks and not only that think about it this way in one financial quarter they made 256 million dollars in Mm -hmm. one financial quarter so even if they even if they do sell the company, that doesn't necessarily mean that new people are going to be in charge yeah. and and that things are going to change. No, they might keep everything the same because either way, WWE is a money maker. Or they might just sell it to. And the worst part is, you know, if they do sell it, it's going to be to people who don't know jack shit about wrestling. Right. So they'll just keep everything the same. Yeah. But regardless, WWE is a money maker. So mm-hmm. whoever they sell it to is like, okay, well, we don't really have to change anything. We just own this and we make money off of it. Yeah. It's not. It's not like they're gonna hold uh, surveys and fan, you know, things where they try to get the gauge of what we really like and what we really want to see. No, they'll yeah. if the if the company gets sold. It'll probably just be sold to Viacom or Disney or something NBC. like that. Yeah, NBC. And they'll look at it and go, well, in one financial quarter, they made $256 million. Yeah. Obviously, they're doing something financially right. Yeah. It's... Ugh. I All think... Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, uh, I hate it's, having it's, to talk about that because it's just... It, it's depressing. It is depressing. But I, I, honestly, I think people are are banking on if the company is sold that things are going to change but i don't yeah, think no. so it's like guys don't get your hopes up yeah <laughs> hey, please do so. not get your hopes up but I, uh, anyway <laughs> <laughs> thanks mom for your question i hope i answered it to the best of my ability yeah <laughs> anyway i don't know if you guys can hear that in the back but anyway <laughs> um so now we go on to mike who we always appreciate when mike gives us his input yeah mike mike is the type he'll give you his input and whether you agree with it or not yeah it's always it's never pretentious or anything no no like it's just his opinion and sometimes we agree with it sometimes we don't i mean that's how that how things like that work so um he i'm gonna go backwards a little bit he actually had a comment before the question he said Becky and Charlotte was the best match on Survivor Series. Roman versus Biggie was second best in his opinion, which I agree. Mm-hmm. I said it. I said Becky and Charlotte was the best match on that card by far. Um, he said he loved Becky chastising the fans for doing the wave during the women's match, which you know what? Rightfully so, because I hate when they do that. It's, it's ignorant. It's stupid. It's like, it, I, yeah, I, <laughs> we're not going to go into a full on rant on that one because I could, t- I could spend hours. Um, and he said Seth held his own against that fan who attacked him. Yes, he did. <laughs> he did. It was, um, yeah, it was almost like a blink and he kind of miss it thing. But yeah, the internet never forgets. <laughs> the internet is always watching. Oh, God, I've seen so many videos and so many angles of it already. Yeah, they, they're quick. They're quick, too. <laughs> you think something happened? Go on Twitter. It's probably already up there. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But, okay, so... He has a few questions. So Mike's first question is, do we think Sami Zayn actually gets to fight Roman Reigns or does Brock somehow uh, get Zayn's chance? I think Brock is going to get Zayn's chance. Oh, yeah. Because of if you look at the ending of SmackDown, while they're supposed to interview Sami Zayn about winning the Battle Royal, they rather break the news that Brock Lesnar's coming back and Sami Zayn's sitting there going, what are you talking about? Wait a second. This is about me. I won the damn Battle Royal. I could easily see two scenarios happening where 
they actually look like they're going through with the match and then Lesnar just shows up and beats him up during the entrance and just takes a spot because where have we seen that before? Mm -hmm. Or he beats him up backstage and then goes and takes the chance. Either way, I really doubt Sami Zayn gets the match. And even if he does, it's going to be like, what, five seconds maybe? Not going to be very long. I don't see a very convincing It'll be a squash, basically. In the nicest way possible, it's going to be a squash, but... For sure. uh yeah um okay next question he, um he gets the feeling that jeff hardy may win the rumble and get his match with roman reigns at mania i would not be upset at that no i think i don't even think he needs to win the rumble to do that no he's jeff hardy i mean jeff can just be jeff i mean i really think he is without a doubt one of the most popular wrestlers of all time mm-hmm, over sure. the course of his career. That's the thing. To have the same amount of popularity he has had for Jesus decades tells you how much, like, how good the guy is. People just like cheering for Jeff. I, myself included, I've said it a million times. He's probably my favorite wrestler of all time. And he has a great story. A, a, yeah. a lot of it is built upon redemption of making mistakes and coming back from your mistakes and and being a better person yeah exactly i think people identify with that exactly so i will not be surprised if at some point in the near future we get roman and jeff i mean i would love for jeff to beat roman do i see it happening probably not Mm -hmm. but i would love for it to but we can help talking into existence maybe maybe we we do a good thing of talking things into existence so (laughs) good pattern different but (laughs) Um, which gimmick is worse, Andre Chase or Joe Gacy in NXT? Uh, Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy. I Without mean, a doubt. When Andre Chase just yells random profanities. Yeah. I, I love it. For some reason, he just, what the shit is this? Like, I mean, like, I too do that sometimes. So it's like, that's relatable. Just yeah. randomly swearing <laughs> for no reason. So it's like, I get it. Gacy's is just dumb. It's yeah. just plain trash. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love Andre Chase. God, it's it's like sometimes you just have to swear for no reason. Out yeah. loud. I know how you feel about that one. That's a that's a definite <laughs> true one there. I mean, clearly how many times have I sworn on this podcast today, but that's why we have the ex like the explicit uh tag next to ours. At least I think we do. Sometimes. I think on Google I think on Google it shows up the little like red E, so Oh yeah. I think people like that. I don't know. I mean, it's honesty. I sometimes can't be honest without swearing, I guess, but I digress. Um, And Mike's last question is he loved Punk and MJF's promo segment, but he found the WWE references kind of took the shine off it a little bit. Do we agree? Um, hmm. It's hard because they were, they were good. They were good barbs. The, the yeah. Le- the less famous Miz was a good one. Yeah. Um, the the one where he said he's he should be out here preaching hustle, loyalty, and respect. Yeah. It was a good one. I think it is it's a tell of two things. You could either you could either like it on the sense that it would they were good barbs, yeah. or you can hate it because simply they just mentioned WWE. I liked I think the if we have to talk about just the WWE barbs, I think the best one I liked was Punk's uh, You're Just a Less Popular Miz because mm. nobody was expecting that. No, I wasn't, but it made me laugh. Yeah, I like, he literally went, oh my God, he actually went there? <laughs> because you would expect, I guess if you thought about like WWE jabs, you would expect 
the big names like Cena and I guess Triple H was a little surprising too. But yeah, to go the Miz, that was creative. Mm-hmm. You had to give props. That was very creative. So poor, poor Miz is sitting at home like, what the hell did I do? She's like, like, well, I was just on Dancing with the Stars. What did I do? Seriously. Like, yeah, but yeah, I think it wasn't. <sighs> I think it wasn't terrible in that sense. I literally, I know, I literally just talked about WWE being the big brother and AEW trying to get their attention. I think those barbs had a purpose. It's different. Like again, if Cody just goes out and oh, we're we're better than WWE and whatever, there was no need for it. That I think I wouldn't say you needed it, but it just it made sense. Yeah, I guess if if that makes sense, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. I I I mean, I didn't hate it. Like like no. I said, if if they were barbs that didn't make me laugh, yeah, then that I, that, yeah, then I would have said something. But they made me laugh. Yeah. And when he, when he called when he said he should be out there preaching hustle, loyalty, and respect, <laughs> that made me go yeah. ooh. Like, yeah, you know what I'm too. saying? Ooh. Yeah, and then when he said King of Kings, I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like those things made me go ooh and ah and made me laugh. So I felt yeah. like that was okay Other i think than, it just depends on if you get a reaction out of it right right and it depends on the type of reaction yeah if it's like i mean if it's like rolling your eyes and groaning that's not the reaction we're talking right. about but if you get a genuine like oh shit kind of moment when when that's when, fine. when cody rhodes does it that's when you <laughs> eye roll and you go oh my god no yeah but, that, but, yeah but in this scenario i felt like it worked fine I yeah. felt like they they did what they had to do. It still didn't take away from the segment. It still was a great promo segment. And they went away from their usual thing, which is starting the show off with a match. They Technically, they were about to, and then MJF interrupted everything. Yeah, so, it, it was... It fits. It makes you want to see them continue to have promos, like these kind of promos. It... Like you said, it's kind of the complete opposite of like, as soon as Cody Rhodes grabs a microphone, a lot of people go, oh God, here we go. Yeah. Those two start grabbing mics. We're like, oh God, thank God. Let's see more of this. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. If exactly. it's done correctly, I think it's the easiest way to put it. For sure. Um, so Mike, thank you for those questions. All right. We have a couple of questions from Jack. And I think we all know which question I'm saving for last. <laughs> So the the first question, I guess you could say, is just uh, egg question mark. So obviously we're talking about the um, the egg segment from Survivor Series and Raw. Um, I think all I have to say is it was uh, stupid. Oh no, it was more... stupid. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> it. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely stupid. Um, it was so, it. Uh... It was so stupid that you just know it had to be Vince's idea because he probably thought it was just hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a Vince segment. Yeah. And unfortunately, in a room of a thousand people, nine thousand, like 999 people probably would have found it funny. But if he thought it was funny, that's all that matters, which is sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, like, if, if that was the case, like, if they're like, okay, well, if you think that's funny, you know, yeah. Man, I guess we could do it. <laughs> sure. And it's like, you're not going to tell him no, because even if you do, he's going to do it anyway. So. Right. Yeah. There needs yeah. to be somebody to, to, to rein it back because he's starting yeah. to show like the old signs, you know, he's, and I hate it. He's starting to show signs of he's getting up there in age and he's not really connecting that, with his audience. It's that like immature, not immature humor, but that like middle school boy kind of humor. Yeah. Yeah. A stolen egg. Yeah. Like what's the point? Come on now. A stolen egg. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, so we we would not recommend the egg segment. <laughs> it was not. It was zero out of ten. Um. All right. Ooh. Do we think this is going to be Johnny Gargano's last takeover? Ooh. Um. I. Mm. I think so. You think so? I think so because I feel like him and Tommaso Ciampa specifically have made it very apparent that they don't want to go to the main roster. And at this point, how could you blame them? Yeah. Seeing all the stuff that's happened. But I, because what would they give Gargano that number one, he'd actually believe to that would actually happen and be that he'd actually want to go up there for, because he, they could be like, Oh yeah, we can give you the title and whatever, how many months or whatever. And he can literally turn around and say, yeah, or it could be released in the next month. Not only that, I don't see them. I see him as a world title uh, type talent, but they won't see oh, yeah. him. As a, they won't see him as a world title type small. talent. He's too small. That's the problem. So yeah. So why the hell would he want to stay and have that happen? I mean, hell, just look at what they were possibly going to do with Adam Cole. He probably knows what happened. It's common knowledge, really. Mm-hmm. He knows even. He probably knows more than we do. Yeah. So why would you want to stay? And now I'm thinking about all the things we can get if he does leave. Specifically, Brian Danielson versus Johnny Gargano. Well, that and you also have to think, too. What more is there for him to do in NXT? That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, he's a Grand Slam champion. He'll go down as one of the... If they were to make a Mount Rushmore of NXT, or or at least OG NXT, he's definitely on there. Yeah, Papa Um, John, yeah. Yeah. um, It's just, again, the thing... You you don't want to sound like that fan that's like, yeah. oh, yeah, he's definitely going to AEW because he doesn't want to be in WWE. But you look at it and you go, well, A, if he moves up to the main roster, are they actually going to give a shit about him? Or are they just yeah. going to treat him like another dude running around chasing the 24-7 oh, championship? God. And shout he out, would be... No, go ahead. Go shout ahead. out! I was gonna say shout out to Dana Brooke. Yeah, for winning the twenty four seven championship. Yeah, it's very but, very uh, nice. But, but continue. Yeah, no, it's just I. If I were him, I would have zero confidence in WWE holding up any part of their bargain. If I were to stay. And another thing is, I don't think at least they gave Adam Cole the fucking the preferential treatment where he had yeah. to have a he had to have a meeting with McMahon and they were going over storylines face to face. Yeah. I don't think Johnny Gargano gets that same treatment. Possibly not. I mean, I, but he does have a little bit of leverage on them because I think if I did hear correctly, he did sign like a week extension to go through war yeah, games. Yeah, at least to do war games because he's a professional. He wants to he wants to do his job no matter what the situation is. Yeah. You know, and, he, he's just a professional. And clearly we've seen that no matter how professional you can be, if they don't care about you, they don't care about you no matter how professional you are. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think short answer. Yeah. I think this is going to be Gargano's last takeover. So um, it feels like they're pushing out the old school. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it almost makes you wonder how long Chompa's going to stay too. Ugh, it's, oh God, it's, dep- it's depressing me all over again anyway. <laughs> and then our final question of the day. I think you know what it is. Uh-oh. It's our hook question of the day. Send Hook! Why do we think Dante joined Team Taz? Is it because Hook has snacks? You know what? I think so. I think so. I think, I think so. he saw that bag of uh, barbecue potato chips and mm-hmm. was like, I want some of that. How do you not... How do you turn down snacks? I, I think it's I, also 
hairstyle tips. He probably he probably told Ooh. Hook probably told Dante, look, you see my hair, you see how fantastic it is. You are join we, Team Taz, I can help you out. Are we finally gonna get a Dante and Hook team? Oh, oh my god, don't say that. Jack might have a heart attack, but <laughs> a Dante I? and Hook team? Wow. I would like to see it. That would be something to see for sure. Right? The the hair. <laughs> the hair. <laughs> but oh um, man why did i don't know i mean we kind of talked about it a little earlier we don't we really don't know why you joined team taz i i don't i don't know but i want to know yeah at least that's the intriguing part is you want to know you don't know what happened but you want to know what happened exactly we need to know like we need to know is it because hook had snacks did hook promise him hair like hairstyling tips Mm. i mean i guess from a team taz perspective it makes sense because you got a high flyer now that's true. You got power. You got technical wrestling in in, in Ricky Starks. Yeah, you have Hook. Got, you got Hook, and you got high flying wrestling in Dante Martin. So they're like yeah. the, they're like the whole cornucopia in a faction. Exactly, you know? but you'd also but if you're also Dante Martin, you saw what they did to Brian Cage. Why would you want to go mm. with a team that could stab you in the back if you don't fall in line? So I don't, I don't know. It's, I wonder, I'm actually wondering now, I wonder if his brother is coming back sooner rather than later. And that's going to become a whole storyline of what the heck are you doing? We're supposed to be a team and it's like a battle of the brothers kind of thing, but not as obnoxious as if WWE would do it. Yeah. That's a storyline they could do. And then he like, I don't know, saves Dante from Team Taz or something. I don't know, but I could see that happening. I can see that happening, but it's like you said, you don't know why it's happening, but you're interested in, in knowing the why and exactly. seeing how they're going to put it together. I don't know what's going on, but I'd like to know more. For sure. But now I think that is actually all the questions we, I always have to save the hook questions for last because that's like the fun, lighthearted end of the show. Of course, of course, for sure. But we thank everybody that sends in questions. Yes, uh, we, do we, we will, it. we will basically answer any question, no matter if they're like, <laughs> If we get 10 serious or not, yeah, serious or not, 10 to 15 questions, we yeah, don't yeah. care. We'll answer them all. And the best way to send us the questions is through Twitter. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at Ringside Rundown. We're all across the board in terms of podcasting. Uh, thanks to Anchor FM, anchor.fm slash Ringside Rundown. And through there, they distribute the podcast all across the board, like Spotify, yep. Stitcher, Google, Apple. Wherever you listen to your podcast, to search for the Ringside Rundown podcast, and it'll be there for you. So make sure you check that out. If you want to check me out on Twitter, check me out at Wrestling Cron, C-H-R-O-N. And I stream every uh, every week, Monday through Thursday, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Eric the Ghost. Shay, where can they follow you? You can find me on Twitter at ShailenHickson21. And I also stream. I'm taking a little bit of a break right now because, obviously, new job, moving to the apartment, you know, all that Fun stuff kind of doesn't give you much free time. So hopefully soon um, at Shay underscore Hickson 21 will be back to streaming. Hopefully within a few weeks. I'm hoping everything finally settles down so I can start streaming again because I miss it. I miss playing with my friends and miss hanging out with them. So hopefully I will have a life again. <laughs> that, that new job is kicking your butt, huh? Oh my God, it really is. I'm not used to having to get up this early. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is what it's like, I guess. Yeah, that's the worst part of having a job is having to get up early. <laughs> yes, unless it's the night shift, but I don't. I'm a night person, so I'd rather have a, I'd rather have my free time at night. 
I hear you, I hear it. But that concludes this week's episode. Hopefully you guys listen to it, you share amongst your friends, uh, and let them know where they can find the Ringside, the Ringside Rundown podcast. For Shay Hickson, my name is Eric Vasquez. We'll see you next week. Adios. See you later, guys. <laughs>